Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen it, just be aware that we discuss the plot and it'll be spoiled for you. Enjoy. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the phone. Lord have mercy, how'd she even get them bridges on? That honky-tonk, but honky-tonk. If you don't know me by now... You will never, ever, ever know me at all. <laughs> so I go. If you don't know me by now, you're a fucking idiot because I'm amazing. That's how it goes. <laughs> that's, that's how that song goes. Yeah, it's, a, it's, very, it's um, the whole, you know, positive anthem. I'm great and you should know about it. Yeah, Yas Queen, go off king. <laughs> yep. This is, yeah, modern positivity culture. As long as you can write it in glitter on the indeed, front of a journal, indeed. it's a good slogan, right? So so that was... <laughs> but yeah, Rob, if you, don't, if you don't know me by now... I don't know, <laughs> I, I think, I think say, this show's just not going to work, is it? <laughs> um... <laughs> it's been how long? 20 years? 30 years, 50 years. I lose, I lose track of the years. 500 years. I can't hold them back. So so hold that little intro there, that was inspired years. by the fact that out of nowhere yesterday, I decided I'm going to look at some Simply Red songs. Why Why ever not? That, well, not only are you going to look at some Simply Red songs, you're going to te- message the band WhatsApp group to tell all the band your bandmates about how great they are. Yeah. Which is, when you're in a band with cool people such as me, that is a bit of a gamble. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> um, Simply Red is a permanent part of my life because... Of your tattoo of Mick Hucknall. I do have a tattoo of Mick Hucknall, one on each butt cheek. Um, no, Mick Butnall. My parents used to listen to Simply Red every Sunday when we had a roast, or like most <laughs> Sundays when we had a roast. Really? So for me, the music of Simply Red is forever entwined with with weak gravy and <laughs> and chicken. Um, was the gravy always weak? There was never the an improvement was, in the gravy. The gravy was always weak. My parents had their gravy weak, so too too thin, like too yes. too watery. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing worse than watery gravy. That's gravy nasty. should effectively have the same qualities as a thick jelly. You want to be able mm. to like spread it on your your <laughs> slice of chicken breast. You want to be yeah. You want to be able to slice it, stack it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have a exactly. piece of gravy. But if wanna... if that was the only gravy you ever known, then at what point did you come to realise how gravy should be done? Oh, I think. An, a knowledge of gravy is intrinsic to the British consciousness. I think if you're British, you are born with an innate understanding of what a good and a bad gravy is. Yeah, this is true. It's it's ingrained in the British people, particularly those who are born up north. Indeed, indeed. Um, which I was not, but I have a lot of... My, my My heritage is not that of a southern pansy as much as that is how I live my life today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I think, I think, yeah, maybe. When was the last maybe... time you had a pint of gravy, boy? <laughs> I love a love a good pint of gravy. Yeah, you top it with a little bit of mashed potato, so it looks like a pint of Guinness. 
<laughs> I know some sick people who would enjoy that. <laughs> some some true people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was I was looking at Simply Red and thinking, oh my god. I mean, some of the songs are kind of bangers, I suppose. But there's some real bad shite out there. Um, <laughs> in particular, I've always hated the song "Fairground" from when I was a kid. Yeah, that's not which good. I think was was his his one UK number one. Oh, really? You're telling me "Stars" never got to number one? No, I don't think it did. I or think "Give It All Up for You." Yes, I would. So I think "Simply Red." Yes, I would. He he um. He had lots of success across the world, including, you know, I think he had some number ones in America, but I think it was the only number one UK single from them. And it's also one of the worst songs ever made. It's very bad. Um, and also has one of the worst music videos ever made. I've done which, like, Have I ever seen the music video? It's, it's it. basically Mick Hucknall creepily sitting on fairground rides and then cutting to other people on fairground rides. But it's not done in terms of showing people at a fairground. It's all next to like, behind like a green screen oh, dear. with all of this dizzy footage of fairground rides going on. That sounds very early 90s. Yeah. It was one of those Which songs is... that was just like everywhere in the early to mid 90s, wasn't it? You turn on the radio in the car, it's playing there. You go into it's, Woolworths, it's on repeat there. I mean, I mean, if there's one song that defines the Woolworths experience, I think it's <laughs> got to be that, really. Yeah. You know, you go there, get your pick and mix. A, driz- a drizzly Saturday afternoon. Get some carpet samples. To, <laughs> you don't know what to do with your time. <laughs> you end up in, in Woolworths. Well, in our local some... Woolworths, for at that time, they sold the singles on both the CD and a tape next to each other, so yeah. you could choose your format. Imagine that. Was that. A, that was a great time, Golden actually. age. And yeah, that was great. I remember that. Yeah, awful song. And the lyrics make no sense as well. I love the thought of coming home to you, even if I know we can't make it. Make it where? Make it to what? I, actually, even when I was small, that that used to annoy me. <laughs> It's it's making it as a in a relationship, right? He still he knows that there is no chance of a long term future, but still loves spending time with the other person. So that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I I I un I understand that. I I think that is not the worst heinous lyrical crime of of the early nineties. Um. Instead, I'd like to turn your attention to pleasure at the fairground on the way. It's always friends that feel so good. Let's make amends like all good men should. Pleasure at the fa- fairground on the way. Well, you know what else came out the same year, 1995? I don't know. Mr. Bombastic by oh. Shaggy. <laughs> that, is a, that is a masterpiece. <laughs> also, very, very good lyrics. I'm a, I'm a lyrical lover. No take me for no filth. With my sexual physique, you know me well built. I'm just like a turtle crawling out of me shell. Gally, you captivate my body, put me under a spell. I didn't realise you wrote the song about me. (laughs) Yeah, you're just like a turtle crawling out of your shell. I'm just like a turtle. You have a hard exterior. (laughs) And a bitter, tasteless inside. (laughs) Is that right? Have you eaten a turtle? No, I've not eaten a turtle. I refuse to eat a turtle. I think it is obscene to do so. Um, But turtle soup was a thing, and now it's not really made with turtle, is it? I believe not. No, it's um, it's plant-based turtle. Yeah, it's it's little it's little 
cabbages cut into turtle shape. But I, I, I can't imagine that turtle tastes particularly good. No, it doesn't look... It's, I imagine it would have a really like scaly, weird texture. Because have you ever eaten amphibious creatures? I don't know if I have, you know. I've eaten a frog. I've had frog's legs, which yeah. are actually, actually quite nice. I've Because I've had frog's legs, and I feel like it's fine, but it does just kind of taste like watery chicken, doesn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Not, it's not, like, bad, though. It's not good either, but... You know, because the British are so xenophobic, it's like frog's legs was always a running joke about the French. And actually, it's fine. Snail, snails, now that's a crime against food. Yeah, snails, it's like you're eating garlicky chewing gum. Yeah. It's horrendous. <laughs> really it's, nasty. It's really bad. Um, Escar, go away. That's what I appa- say. Apparently, turtle has a meaty, beefy flavour with a unique texture. I think... <laughs> Think alligator. Unique texture. Yeah, that doesn't really <laughs> sell it to me. Yeah, that's not that's not a combination of words that fills you with confidence, is it? No, no. Um so yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold on this idea. But but correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, if any of you are gonna tell me that turtle soup is the tastiest thing ever. Do you reckon Mick Hucknell would eat a turtle? I think he's eaten many turtles. I think it's where he gets his beautiful hair from. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's the turtle um, turtle nutrients. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of murder, we uh, we've disgusting started, things. <laughs> we we we've started our Halloween month. We we certainly have. Yeah, I, I so, mean, what's scarier than simply red? <laughs> well, nothing, nothing. So so it's it's that that real niche of horror movies that have a romantic angle of which there are actually many there are a lot there are a lot um and you can get a lot of fun out of it and get a lot of emotion out of it um and to start with this month we've looked at the movie tucker and dale versus evil now had you ever seen this movie i had never seen this or even heard of it before so it was fun to watch something that i hadn't been previously aware of before but this is quite a stupid film (laughs) it is an unbelievably stupid film (laughs) but you know Um, it's it's a parody isn't it it's it's a parody of horror tropes that sort of sustains one long gag throughout the whole thing and then it's over it does what it says on the tin right yeah, it's it's effectively a it's a one and a half hour long comedy sketch, really, um, that just keeps escalating and escalating and escalating. So yeah, and it's like, where t- is this going? Where is this going? Oh yeah, of course, you're a hillbilly <laughs> too, just like me. No! It's, yeah, it's the Luke, I am your father moment. Yeah, for for fucking idiots. And yeah. I really, I really, it should have turned I, out that Tucker was his dad somehow. That would have been absolutely hilarious, or like half brother. Yeah, to really dial it in. So, so, so would Tucker that have Dale... been any worse, right, than the the plot in Fifty Shades of Grey, where like the antagonist was someone who they were in like the foster home with and was separated from? I mean, I think because this is a comedy, it would have worked much better. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> um, hilarious. So, so Tucker and Dale versus Evil is. It is a it pokes fun at the classic slasher trope of bunch of college kids go somewhere or bunch of young attractive people go somewhere and then get murdered by hillbillies. Um, and instead, it frames it as 
it frames it from the position of two two of these hillbillies um and it sort of it, it frames it as a, a huge comedy of errors and a, a gross misunderstanding all the way through yeah and 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 they get so much out of that really simple premise um and it, it i wouldn't say that it gets better as the movie goes on i think it definitely hits a certain point where you're like okay this gag has hit its peak now and then it kind of starts degrading after that yeah um, absolutely the, yeah that's kind of the pace of it really but you, you just kind of it goes on and it goes on and it goes on and there it is yes um and so it, it's kind of propelled by the charm of its lead so tucker and dale um you've got dale played by tyler labine and tucker played by alan tudyk who people might know better as steve the pirate they might know him as wash from serenity um he's been in all sorts over the years he's a really sort of well-known um actor he was i the... just read that he was the droid in rogue one which i yes. didn't know yeah that's very so cool he's, he's played a couple of well-known robots so he was also the robe and voice of the robot in irobot uh-huh. um he was what in a knight's tale another great performance yep. again um, film we keep saying that we need to talk about <laughs> yes we not really scary do. enough for this month but we'll get no to it. no but we can talk about it any other month and so he's this really great actor who's he's one of those people that's really good at combining comedy with emotion but in this film in particular it's a pure comedy focus um and i think if it wasn't for the two of them and the interactions between the two of them this movie would really really fail but they both kind of propel it along and they keep that energy going all the way through yeah for sure because you know the 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 college kids it's basically you got the two hillbillies and then you got the college kids all of whom are going to end up dead apart from one and their characters are paper thin, whereas you get a little bit of depth to Tucker and Dale, you know. You do. They it it kind of flips it on its head, where often the 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 sort of uh, woodland murderers are just a straight up like stereotype monster that you never know anything about. Um, and, and, and often movies play that really to their advantage. So, you know, the more you learn about Jason or the more you learn about all of these different movie killers, the the worse the movies get. And so that mystery often propels them. But it does feel a lot of the times that you don't know enough about them. And this movie kind of apes the classist nature of horror. And and something I don't know that we've really talked about on in this podcast before is the conservative nature of a lot of horror movies and how a lot of them tie into traditional social norms. Yeah, and they really you... rely on tropes and the message that they're enforcing is actually one of um, you know, conformity to often, yeah, you know, societal norms, religious ideals, that kind of thing. Yep, so often it's um, you know, lower class people are dangerous or mentally ill people are dangerous or all of those kind of things yeah um and sometimes uh, people are both and then it's even worse <laughs> and then it's even worse or you've got the whole idea of the final the final girl the the concept of the final girl and often it's the emotionally or uh physically pure who is the one that survives to the end and so there's all of these different ways in which horror movies and, and a lot of films do kind of circumvent those and, and play with those ideas in, in in interesting ways but it's very easy when you look at the the, the normal traditional storylines of horror movies that you can see actually Actually, a lot of it is reinforcing traditional societal standards. Um, And and this does a little bit of turning that on its head by by looking at these two people who, you know, they live a a simple life that they're happy with. 
um, having their lives, their peaceful lives, disrupted by the interruption of these these outsiders, yeah, um, who completely misunderstand them and uh, and sort of they buy into the idea that these hillbillies are evil. Yeah. See, my favorite horror movie trope is the whole thing where you've got to spend one night in a haunted house. <laughs> I think all films should have that. I, I think every movie should have that. Think about how good um, Fifty Shades would have been if there was just a, a random, genuine ghost threat in the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it, obviously it would be like the ghost of the mum who abandoned him or something. So it's like yes, emotion. Yeah, um, not, some nice emotion in there. My favorite, but this is my favorite movie trope ever i have this real specific niche subgenre of film that i absolutely adore and that is isolated scientific base where things go horribly wrong mm. um and that could be uh the arctic base of the thing it could be the super intelligent sharks of deep blue sea have you ever seen deep blue sea no i'm aware of it that is such a wonderful movie it's got hyper intelligent sharks and ll cool j what more do you need <laughs> um that uh, sounds I, excellent i i really love that kind of film where it's hey we've created something we shouldn't have uh-oh why did we decide that our research base would be deep on the ocean floor yeah now we've got to deal with alien <laughs> monsters and i i really love that 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 whole thing and so yeah does jurassic are... park fit into that so jurassic park kind of fits yeah that's um, like the perfect example of those kind of films isn't it yeah where we've done something we shouldn't have done uh-oh why didn't we do this like by a train station so we can get the hell out of here? <laughs> um, it, yeah, I really love that. And but then and you'd have dinosaurs on a train, the sequel which to would be snakes on a plane, obviously, <laughs> which would be great. Actually, no, yeah, sure, surely snakes on a plane is the ultimate example of that. That's <laughs> about as confined a space as you can get. Yeah, and, and it, it always works well for horror movies because the more confined and isolated the environment, the the higher the stakes because you can't just go. Well, I'm going home now. See you later. Um, but yeah, that that that's my all-time favourite. Um, but but Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, it plays into the isolated cabin, the cabin in the woods. Yeah, camping in the woods. Uh oh, what's going to happen? Actually, th- this week, me and Sam, you know, my, my good friend Sam, who does the, all the illustrations for my sitting home emails, and who we run comics publisher together, we were talking about cabins. Actually, you're aware of the website Cabin Porn? I am not. No. It's just it's cabinporn.com. It's not actual porn, sorry. Good. It's like nice <laughs> nice cabins. Um and like pictures of really lovely cabins and like instructions on how to build cabins and stuff. And it's really nice. There's a book that, that I have somewhere which is the cabin porn book. And I actually it's got me thinking when I was watching this film that I've actually it's always been a dream of mine to have a cabin somewhere like in Canada somewhere that I would go by a lake and just like hang out with all the moose and stuff but watching films like this you realize that actually it is a real trope in culture um of like yeah that being a horror movie setting that actually when I got there I maybe would actually be just a little bit scared and that's the thing isn't it you know these kind of things they don't sit in a vacuum and I imagine that you probably would um you, you would sort of take on that that slight concern wouldn't you be like oh maybe maybe there maybe there is an evil hillbilly out yeah. to get me you hear the snapping of a twig an owl hoots above you and you think well tonight's the night i die yep you see your next door neighbor's wood chipper <laughs> just sitting out there <laughs> yeah 
Which so, was a so, good. That was a good use of the wood chipper. Obviously, I mean, as soon as you saw it, I knew someone was going to end up in it because yeah, si- as as since Fargo, that's like the only use of a wood chipper in film. Wood wood chippers are only used for death. Yeah, and and yeah. So so this movie, you've got Tucker and Dale, and they're at a petrol station. They're buying some supplies when these uh, college students roll by. And uh, it's kind of a, it's not a love at first sight. I think that's a little bit far to say that. But but Dale is like, oh, that's a that, that that's an attractive, nice woman. It's an attractive um, young woman. Um, and so so Tucker says, oh, why don't you go and speak to her? And he he tries to do that, um, and instead delivers a horrendous horror movie style line where he laughs maniacally and says, so you all going camping then? Um. And and I really like those moments where there's that cross, uh, there's that there's that cross correlation of um, of their perception versus their perception, and you get these little snapshots of because by the by that point in the film you've already established that these these are probably nice guys, yeah, or at least they're not murderers. Um, yeah. But then because at you... first it is from the teen's point of view. And you're yes, like, oh, these are yeah. just some annoying college kids who are going to be hateful. But maybe it's that it, if it's from their point of view, I have to sort of like them. And maybe one of them isn't a total dick. But it's not actually from their point of view, is it? Ah. It is not. It is not. And that's about as far as the intelligence of this movie gets. This is not a smart movie. <laughs> no. but, but that central concept is is a smart one. And um, it's it's nice to see sort of just that little bit of understanding of you know what maybe there could be you know maybe it could all be crossed wires um and 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 that works well and so you get all of these accidental deaths where the teens think um oh they've kidnapped our friend and we've got to go get them but in reality she fell into the water and banged her head and they saved her and they saved her <laughs> um so and he made her pancakes yes and he has a good dog yeah and and then so you've got the whole thing of accidentally running into a very sharp tree, accidentally jumping into a wood chipper, setting oneself on fire somehow, <laughs> accidentally falling onto a spear. Yes, shooting shooting yourself in the face when you look at the end of a gun. Um, it's and and it's the fire so... one was the most preposterous one. And then yes. he turns around and there's all the like gas canisters, and he's like, "Oh no, I need to move those." It's just yeah. such a dumb gag, but you're like <laughs> at that point you fully committed to the to the the real dumbness of the movie. So you're like, yes, that is funny. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, and, and that's the real charm of this film is that you you get you get sort of into the stupidity and into the chaos that you kind of buy into it. And I'm not going to say that this movie's perfect by any means, but that it is enjoyable. I I enjoyed it, and and this is the second time I've watched it, or maybe the third time I've watched it. And Did it get a cinematic release here? I don't know if it got a cinematic release in this country, no. Um, I found it via random YouTube trailer. Um, Is that where you you type into the internet? You just type random YouTube trailers. What's interesting is that if you look at one horror movie trailer, and it's something to do with the way the algorithm works, um, at at least a couple of years ago, it would lead you down this train of random horror movies that you'd never heard before. Um, and I, I'm sure that now, within three movies, you'd be watching some alt-right bastard complaining about <laughs> SJWs. But at the time, yeah. you could go for like an hour just watching random movie trailers and, and sort of thinking, mm, that one looks good. I'll see if I can pick that up somewhere. 
Yeah. Um, You'd watch you end up with a video titled "Credible Left Wing Politician Gets Destroyed by Right Wing Radio Host." Cucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> this movie is an outrage to Western civilization. That'll yep. be it. Jordan um, Peterson destroys horror movie snowflakes. <laughs> um, what a bunch of fucking idiots! But <laughs> Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I like this movie. It's it's very it's kind of violent, but not not it is. in a. But it's it's, it's cartoonish, way. yeah, and it, it's, it's just the right side of cartoonish as well because it is it is quite grim. Like obviously, yeah, people suddenly getting impaled and burnt and stuff, but it's punctuated, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, it's it's almost like watching an adult um, Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, which almost. is definitely what they were going for. Yes, and and that works really well. Um, but yeah, so so if you're particularly squeamish, maybe it's not one to watch. But if you can handle it in a comedic manner, um, where it's clearly not meant to be violent in a way to sort of turn stomachs, I think you can get quite a lot out of it. Yeah, for sure. It's I mean it's 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 an entertaining film. It's one to just pop on. You know, it's kind of it could be a Saturday night popcorn film. Uh, maybe it's probably not like a Sunday afternoon film to go with your wheat gravy, is it? No, it's not. It's, it doesn't go well with simply red. No, absolutely not. Um, Unless but... by simply red you mean a lot of blood. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so if you if you like movies like Evil Dead Two, I guess this is a this is a good film to watch with that. Um, it, it's not as smart as some of the other horror comedies out there. Like, I wouldn't say that it's up there with like Shaun of the Dead. Or um or Cabin in the Woods or um movie I mentioned last time out, a film called Behind the Mask. Oh yeah. It's yeah. a very good um that's a much more sort of uh insightful critique into the slasher movie. Um almost I don't know if you've ever seen Man Bites Dog. Uh, no, I I've um, seen a man biting a dog, but that's something else. <laughs> Speaking of which, it was Bring Your Dog to Work Day. (laughs) I worked today, it was Bring Your Dog to Work Day. I met some very good dogs. Oh, amazing. What what dogs were there? Uh, The main guy, the one I spent the most time with, he's called Eddie. He's a a sprocker, so he's a cross between two different kinds of spaniel. He's a real big, like, quite lean spaniel, but he's still growing. He was very good. And a very fluffy labradoodle called Jaffa. There's a sausage dog or Reuben, all the all the good dogs. Um, and they were all they got them all together at one point and it was very chaotic, but in a very good way. <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. Do you guys um, ever have a bring your dog to work day? No, we do not. We do not have that fun at my work. You should just bring a dog um, in anyway. Not I even should. your dog, just just, <laughs> just any bring, dog. Just just find a stray dog and just let it into the building. Yeah. Be like, oh hey, this is um this is Jim from Accounts. He's visiting today. <laughs> Just put a little tie on the dog. Yeah, put some invoices in front of him, and see. See, just put him to work. Yeah, see how he gets on. Yeah, just play it. Dead, play it completely straight. I think. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> that would go down well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, what was I saying? I, I was just reading about um, Eli Craig, who is the writer and director of this film. He is Sally Field's son. I did not oh, know that. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. 
And there's another film that he's done, horror film called Little Evil, which is on Netflix and stars Adam Scott. Yes, that I haven't actually, I haven't watched it yet, but I've got it on my list to watch because it looks quite good fun. Um, I mean, Adam uh, Scott is great. I'll yes, always love him yeah, because of Parks and Recreation. He's in a few other things that are quite good too, like um, Big Little Lies. Yes, yeah, he's he's really good. Um, and, and yeah, that looks quite funny. Um, so I, I haven't um, I haven't got around to watching it yet, but it does look pretty good. So maybe I'll put that on. Um, Fun, also funny, starring, but also dark. Whoop. Also starring Tyler Labine as well. Who's that? Um, so the lead from Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Oh, right. So Dale. Um, yes. Yeah. Not Tucker. Oh, in his um, his picture on Wikipedia, he's wearing a Toronto Blue Jays hat. <laughs> okay. that, that means he's automatically an extremely good person automatically good oh, he's canadian oh, here we go he's my new favorite person i don't think i'd ever seen him before oh uh, really yeah no i oh, love him okay. i'm just looking through <laughs> his um his filmography to see if i've seen anything else that he's in okay i've seen monsters university but he did a voice in that so it was not his yeah. real face i'm afraid yeah um, he's, he's not really a green guy <laughs> he was in the television film of Sabrina the Teenage Witch in 1996. I feel like I've seen that. Well then, um, he he first came to light for me um, through the se- uh, the series called Invasion, um, which had the unfortunate um, had the unfortunate place as being the show that was on after Lost that nobody right. wanted to watch. Um, as in, it, in the time slot after Lost on television. Or yes, like yeah. upright, okay. Yeah, like who could watch anything after watching Lost? <laughs> after what um, after watching an an hour of a plot be stretched out as far and as thin as it will go and then stretched out some more. <laughs> and it, it was infected. <clears throat> and then Hurley. A, and then Hurley. The, who obviously greatest, gave us the greatest album cover of the all time. Greatest album cover of all time. Um so it was a um it, Invasion was basically a retelling of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but in the aftermath of a hurricane in Florida. Um, and so it was all to do with these um, these like doppelgangers that were turning up um, at a time that there was also a crisis going on uh, the, where infrastructure was down and everything like that. But the way that it framed it was not necessarily that these pod people replacements were, were inherently evil, but instead that they didn't necessarily know what was going on themselves. Um, right. And so good. it was it was a really interesting show. It only ran for one season, and I don't even think the final episodes were shown on television. I've got it on... I watched it because it, it came over here via Channel 4. Have you got um, it on some obsolete format? And I've got it on DVD. Yes, I do. Um, which is effectively obsolete what's these a, days. What's a DVD? It's a, a, a digital variable dingus. Oh yeah, of, of course, well. yeah. A digital variable chungus. Yep. <laughs> I knew I'd remember. Yes, yeah. Um and it's a yeah, it's a really interesting show. It had some really talented people in it. Um Evan Peters, uh, best known for American Horror Story. Uh he had an early role in it as their teenage son of the the lead characters. Um and it 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 asked a lot of interesting questions and it did a lot of interesting things, but unfortunately, yeah, never never found the love that it deserved. Apparently, um, he plays a character called Robert Franklin in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Ah, I've not really watched the new Planet of the Apes movies. I, I've heard 
surprisingly mixed things about it. It looks like the kind of thing that should be utter nonsense, but I've heard some actually some praise for them from people. Yeah, because I I remember watching the trailer for the first one of the reboots with James Franco, and it showed a gorilla jumping off a bridge to attack a helicopter, and I thought <laughs> that is definitely my shit. <laughs> but apparently, it was actually quite an intelligent movie, and they've progressed into being better and better as they've gone on. Um, but it feels as though you need to actually pay attention when you're watching them, which is not going to be what I'm doing when it's <laughs> I don't want to pay about. attention when I'm watching Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's Planet of the Apes. You don't want to be paying attention to it. You want to be like laughing at, at apes attacking humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I still think... Well, no, if I wanted to do that, I could watch the Brexit news. Oh, topical <laughs> humour. Um, I, I really wish, and I don't understand why they haven't done it yet, that they would make a, a genuine Planet of the Apes musical. Like in The Simpsons. Like, just do The Simpsons Planet of the Apes. Which is where literally all my knowledge of Planet of the Apes comes from. (laughs) I don't think I've ever even seen the original. They should do that. I have seen the first three Planet of the Apes movies. That's right, even the two that nobody cared about. (laughs) But I I think there was actually five Planet of the Apes movies in the end of the original run. Were they all Um, based on the book, or was it just the first one? I don't know, but they got... It's a a French book, isn't it? Yes. The second one is pretty awful. The third one is very, very awful. Um, And God knows what the others are like. Um, But yeah, I really want them to make a genuine genuine Planet of the Apes musical based on the the songs that were there in the the Simpsons musical section, but just make it feature length. Make it a full-length musical. Why not? Everything, Everything can be a musical these days. Yeah. They made a musical understand. of Legally Blonde. They made a musical of Heathers. You know, this this could easily be done. Yeah, guys, get on it. Get on it. Whoever owns the rights to Planets of the Planet of the Apes, do that. I, th- I think it's more a question of the fact that all musicals now have to go through Lin Manuel Miranda, and he's quite a busy guy. That's uh, true. It's true, but I think he'd be down for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I reckon he would. He'd get involved for sure. He's just got a lot on his plate. Yeah, too much. He needs to prioritise yeah. the Planet of the Apes musical. Yeah, the ape lobby needs to get to him. But <laughs> exactly. they're, they're too busy throwing their own shit at each other. <laughs> the NAA, the National Ape Association. <laughs> yeah, they're very, very important in the Brexit negotiations. <laughs> oh no, sorry, that's the Brexit party. Oh, just, just a Brexit party. Just to hammer that joke home. Just to, Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> Um, so... what, what I'm saying is okay. Just just to explain that joke, what I'm saying is that anyone who voted for Brexit, anyone who wants to do Brexit, and anyone who supports Brexit is as stupid as an ape. <laughs> and that that that's that's just a fact. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't even be joking about it. Like it's not even a joke. But remember, Paddy, that if anyone doesn't find that funny, it's not your fault. It's the fault of woke culture. Yeah, no, it's their fault for being offended. Have, I found it hilarious that the the director of Joker has said that the film is kind of a tr- critique on how woke, woke culture can't let people do comedy anymore. Have you as seen if, it? As if we're no, I don't, is, is it out yet? I don't know. Um, Keep walking uh, past a big poster for it every day. I walk past the IMAX in London every day, and it's, it's in the window of the IMAX. A huge thing of Joaquin Phoenix's clown face. 
which but they it, before that it was a huge thing of Pennywise's terrifying clown face. I mean, they just love clowns there. <laughs> it's becoming um, a, a clown cinema. But but it's funny because it's not as though we're in an age where comedy is dying. We're in an age where comedy is possibly at the strongest it's ever been. Apart yeah. from, can I share something with you? No, you can't. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll shut up. No, you will listen to my <laughs> terrible opinions. I think I think Saturday Night Live is boring old rubbish. I can't remember the last time I watched one of the hilarious sketches of Saturday Night Live and thought, oh, that's really funny. There are a handful of SNL sketches in isolation that are extremely funny, but I don't think I've ever enjoyed more than one together, if that makes sense. There is not that there... I've not that I've ever sat down and like been able to watch the show anyway, because it's on in the US in the middle of the night. But... There is nothing funny about Baldwin pretending to be Donald Trump and pursing his lips and going, I'm Donald Trump. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> it's it's not the funny. Donald Trump voice. <laughs> It, it 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 might have been funny in 1979. It's not funny now. You know what's funny now? What? Making. <laughs> ma- making I need con- you to tell me what's funny because I making don't know, conservatives. I making conservatives irate as they continue to scream that that wokeness is stopping them from being funny. Guess yeah. guess what's what, funny guy- is making conservatives clutch their pearls over the fact that. The one of the Lib Dems somewhere outside of Parliament used the word bollocks in reference to bollocks to Brexit, and they're all up in arms about that in response to the fact that a lot of them took Boris Johnson rightly to task for the language he used around the shooting of Joe Cox in Parliament. Yeah, go go. Fuck that's yourselves. that's comedy. <laughs> He's it- the king of comedy. <laughs> What what's what's great though is the guy who directed the Joker. He's the guy who directed the Hangover movies. Um, oh, what's his name? Ian uh, Hangover? J- J- James H. Hangover is his name. <laughs> um, but, but guess what, dude? It's not wokeness that stopped The Hangover Part 3 from being funny. It's the fact that it was a really unfucking funny film to begin with. <laughs> yeah, a tired film that should never have been a franchise. And 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 this comes from someone who, who feels as though The Hangover kind of had its place. And he, maybe even The Hangover 2 kind of had its place. Um, I haven't and, seen any of them. And I'm really interested in in Todd Phillips as a as a director because you know he he's most well known for the Hangover movies, but his real break was this incredible documentary about Gigi Allen. Oh, really? Um, yes. Yeah. So ah. back in back in the early '90s, he did this great documentary on Gigi Allen, but then kind of fell into making um, like comedy movies. Um, so he did he did like um old school he did old school now that is a stupid film this is an unbelievably (laughs) stupid film you've got old school you've got road trip you've got starsky and hutch starring snoop dogg oh yeah i kind Um, of love that film even though it's really rubbish (laughs) something about snoop dogg is just so hilarious yeah i love snoop dogg i've got a real soft spot for him and i don't know why yeah i love snoop dogg i think everybody kind of does doesn't they he actually seems like a real gentleman um and then, and then he's coming out now and doing the Joker, which is basically who's Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he, I wish that would be amazing. <laughs> Can you imagine him as as the Joker? I would love um, that. So, so he's coming out and doing Joker and saying all this nonsense, and you're like, eh, I mean, oh, hold on, mate, you, you haven't made your your great movie yet. Joker kind of just looks like King of Comedy, but with the Joker in it. So you think he, he's trying to go big? He's trying to go. This is my big thing. 
this is my thing and wokeness is bad and sjw's are bad and i can't say the n-word anymore and it makes me angry there's honestly nothing more tedious than than a man over 40 complaining about wokeness or about political correctness we comedians are being silenced because now all we can do is release netflix exclusives of our terrible content (laughs) yeah I, I can't say what I like anymore. I'm having to be held to account or to some standards for the first time ever in my life, and I don't like it. <laughs> Quick, I better go write a column in the <laughs> Times about it. Um, yeah, it's it. That that is the one thing that conservatives have got better at comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Just being able to laugh at them for their absolute nonsense. Um, yeah. Well, this actually does make me want to see Joker more, but actually more out of curiosity now than about than thinking it will be good. Even though see, like Phoenix's performance is bound to be good because he's such a great actor. See, I think it's going to be good. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see someone try and take a very real take on the character. Um, but, you know, it, it it's not going to be the greatest movie ever made. Let's be honest here. No. It's not Tucker and Dale versus Evil, a.k.a. the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. Definitely. The, the the highest thing you can do in art is to make people think that a film is going to follow a bunch of tropes, but then to throw those all out the window and turn them on their head. And that's what it does. Yeah. It's high it's high art to have a it boy is... fall in a wood chipper. <laughs> Your movie isn't a great movie unless it has someone being murdered by wood chipper. <laughs> yeah. Death that... by wood chipper. <laughs> That's what that's what makes it great. That's why Fargo is the second best film of all time. Yeah, Far- Fargo is only um, only fails because it doesn't show them jumping headfirst into the wood chipper. Yeah, yeah. If it's, it did it's that, too, it's too subtle. A lot of people it, don't get it. Yeah, if it did that, you know, it might it might take the top spot, but it doesn't. Yeah. So so sucks to be you, Fargo. Get yeah, out. Get out of here, Steve Buscemi. What are you doing? <laughs> Peter Stormare, get out. How dare you, William <laughs> H. Macy, honestly. Which band was it that had a song called The Killing of William H. Ba- Macy? That sounds like a math rock song. I'm searching. I'm I'm thinking it was a punk band. Yeah, it's either a math rock band or a punk punk rock band. One of those bands that takes themselves just a little bit too seriously. I need to find my head saying that it's our men. Oh, um, yeah, that sounds like that kind of thing. (laughs) Didn't they have an album called The United Snakes of America? (laughs) That sounds very (laughs) on brand. The funniest album title. I I had a friend at school, Aiden, who I was in a couple of bands with briefly, like very heavy, terrible bands, and he had an Amen t-shirt that I think said the United Snakes of America on it, and we always used to rip, rip the fist out of him for it. That's beautiful. Um, they they did have a song I remember called Bring Me the Head of Roman Polanski, which is a fair one. Oh yeah, that is good. Because he's a very is... bad man. Is, yeah. that, is, is that woke to like say that, to, to have been saying that long ago that Roman Polanski deserves to die? Does that work? <laughs> yeah, blatantly. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have Scarlett Johansson saying, "Oh, SJWs have stopped me from working with a paedophile director." <laughs> well, Goddamn didn't, SJWs! Didn't our main man Quentin Tarantino say basically that in an interview? 
Um, I don't know. He defended Roman Polanski's record. I think I think lots of people have defended Roman Polanski though. Yeah. Oh, so so Amen had a song called "Bring Me the Heads," but the lyrics were. Oh, me, that's right. Bring yeah. me the bring me the head of Roman Polanski. Uh, bring me the legs of Fred Astaire, which is a great lyric. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, I I really love that's that's off their album Death Before Music, which I I legitimately love and is 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 very very rarely um too far from my from my CD player because it I do have it on CD. Um, I don't even know if you can get it on streaming services to be honest with you, but I really love I really love that album. Are they still going? Um, I don't know. Um, I I, I wonder. Anyway, how did we get onto that? William H. Macy. <laughs> yeah, William H. Macy, who was not in this movie. No. Um, he could have been the but, cop. He'd have been a good it, cop. It, he would have been a good cop. But yeah, the um, hapless cop. The cop gets killed, doesn't he? How does he get killed? Um, he The the loose beam falls down and impales him. Oh yeah, the loose beam. Yeah. There's, always, there's always one loose beam, isn't there? There is. There is. Um. So, what what else have we got to say about about this movie? Uh, let me see. What else did I write? Um, you know, and obviously there is there is a bit of a, a prejudice against hillbillies, so it was good to examine that. Actually, not even necessarily from a horror movie point of view, but just in a general thing, or even that kind of the the trope of the hillbilly itself was examined in a, a fun way. Yes. Yeah. Um. It it it's it's nice the way that it. It kind of frames that, isn't it? Because it's not done in an overbearing way either. No, it's all quite playful. And um, Chad, who was he? He's the main um, angry college kid, right? The one whose parents were killed in the Memorial Day massacre. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, he looks a little bit like Justin Trudeau. That's all I had to. That's oh, he the does. only other thing I'd written down. <laughs> he does. Chad, Chad Trudeau. Chad Trudeau, the most irritating person I've seen in a film in quite a long time as well. I'd forgotten quite yeah. how annoying he was. Really annoying face and like but <laughs> but really hilariously overacting, which was great. Yes, yeah, the overacting, the the deliberate overacting I might add. Yeah, which is, is just perfect. Is beautiful. Um and yeah, so I I I have a soft spot for this movie. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed rewatching it. It's been a it fair fun. few years. Yeah. I think it's a. It, this was a very good choice of yours to start off the Halloween month with something light-hearted. Yes, because we're going on to a real doozy next. Oh, um, okay. Well, shall we rate this and then we can talk about what we're doing next? Yes. Yeah, so I've got a, I've got a little bit of triv, little trivia for cool. you. Cool. Uh, hit me with the chainsaw of your trivia. So, uh, so in terms of trivia. I like this movie. That's the <laughs> trivia. <laughs> can, can I can I tell you some trivia? Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, so it was actually um shelved for three years before it was released. Oh really? Um, and I remember yeah seeing the trailer for it and thinking, oh when's that going to come out? And then it never came out. And then eventually it appeared. I was like, oh <laughs> there it is. There's that movie I saw trailers for a while ago. Because um, it's it says they hear that it came out in 2010. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's been going around for a while. Um. And I I, I don't really understand why. I wonder why it was shelved for so long. Whether it was a rights issue or a production issue or something like that. Because 
I mean, and I, I suppose it's in the days before uh, streaming services, but you'd have thought this kind of film, it would do really well um, as like a Netflix exclusive released just before Halloween. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Like I think it would go down in today's street. landscape. That's exactly what it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, it's. Um, it. I feel like if this film, it would have a much bigger following if it was just a little bit later down the line. And yeah. I, it's a bit of a shame, but I think you know, do do go out and try and find it. I think. Yeah, seek it out. I found it on the Amazon Prime. Yes, you can pay yeah. two forty nine to rent it. Yes, for other, a, for other a, streaming services are available. For for a fun little little extra movie to watch, if you if you want something light hearted after watching some spooky spooky films, um, then then this is a good one for you. For sure, it's it's a it's light hearted Halloween fun with a bit with a bit of romance in there. Yes, and so the, they they do. For, we haven't really talked about the romance, no, either, but between but they, a good natured hillbilly and a young college girl. And they they do kind of fall for each other, and it's very sweet. Yeah, it's it's just about believable within yeah. the co- within the confines of a comedy horror film. Yes, yeah, but it's it's sweet enough. It's yeah. Nice. They play is it Trivial Pursuit, and that's a yeah, kind of fun little yeah. scene, and and that's so they an effort is made to develop some connection between them. You know, it isn't just him going, "I want to get with that girl," and then he does. Yeah, which is nice. It 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 does the trick. Yeah. Um, so, so how are we going to rate this? Uh, let's see. How many college kids accidentally died on your property? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think we're going to have fourteen college kids dying. I don't know if I'm being over over happy with my scoring here or not, but this is a fun film and it's nice to watch. Yeah, that's 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 a little bit generous. I think I'd only go as far as a 12 just cuz you know it's it's a, it's it's fun and lighthearted it's not it's inconsequential really but it's fun yeah it's not going to change your life anytime soon no but I'll uh, yeah I'll give it a I'll give it a 12 yeah yeah I think that's uh that, that's a that's a good one. all right so, what's up so, next so up next we've got a real treat um, it's a movie that I really love and I don't think you've ever seen. Um, we're going to be watching 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Directed I, I by have Francis not seen Ford it. Coppola. No, this sounds um, great. There's so many layers to this. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful film. I really love it, but it's also got some serious <laughs> problems at the same time. Um, so yeah, um, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it, Paddy. Cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Excellent stuff. So, have it's... you got anything else to share before before we call it a day? No, that that was more or less it. Just that this was a really nice thing to do that took my mind off all the horrible Brexit news. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that, that's what that's Very what good. horror month is for, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I have I haven't been consuming any other culture or anything because they have a baby who's not sleeping. So, that's uh, it. <laughs> it's, it's and I also have a job. So. Oh, there it is. is that? That's that's horror. That's horror for you. Having a job. That is the true horror. Ooh, offices. Ooh. Ooh. Soul crushing work. Photocopiers. Ooh. <laughs> oh, righto. So yeah. Horror films are good. 
Halloween is good. October is good. We I'll, we've got this place up the road from us where we're going to go and pick some pumpkins this weekend. It's going to be oh, great. amazing. Yeah, they'll probably they'll probably be rotten by the time Halloween actually rolls around. But you know, oh well, it's, that's fun. It's, I'm embracing yeah. it. I'm fully embracing Halloween month. Oh yeah, we got to, you've got to get into it, haven't you? Yeah. So, listeners, tell us how how are you embracing Halloween month? Did you enjoy Tucker and Dale versus Evil for a start? But also, how are you marking this month of horrors? What ghosts have you seen? Yes. What would you like to do? Yeah. Um, for your Halloween, are you spooky? What's your favourite kind of spooky skeleton man? <laughs> that's that's a lot of things in one <laughs> one sentence. Oh yeah. But that's what we do best. But yeah, as always, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. Emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at Gmail dot com. Tell us about um, romantic horror. That's what we want to hear. Only horror this month. Nothing else, please. If you're listening to like an old episode, you want to get in touch with us about that. It'll have to wait until November. Yeah, sorry. we'll catch up on all kind of non-horror related correspondence. We need all emails and tweets to be written in blood for this month. Yeah, you can reach us via seance as well. Remember. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're available 24-7 on the Ouija boards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Call now. <laughs> Call now. <laughs> Big boys Ouija board. <laughs> Some guys uh, at school once tried, once brought in a Ouija board and sat around and tried to do it, and obviously nothing happened. That's amazing. Have you ever done it? No, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> That's the correct answer. Yeah, I I love I love uh, horror stuff, and I wish to God that the occult was real. It would be amazing, but Ouija boards aren't a real thing. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry no. to spoil your party, but not, not not categorically not true. Yeah, just I'm not afraid. a thing. Not a thing. <laughs> See, now that you've said that, this is like the beginning scene of the movie. Well, yeah. yeah, then you, you, you're you proved wrong over the course of a couple of sleepless nights. Yeah, there's going to be a big spooky monster. Yep. Kind of like a big like a big golden bear outside your house just going, let me in. Yeah. This lost season, lost part two. Yeah. Season, oh, yeah, you're, you're actually 13. on an island and you've been on an island the whole time. We're, That's we're what I forgot on, to tell you. We are indeed on the island of Britain. And the spooky shadow monster is Brexit. Oh, and I num- knew it. I knew it. <laughs> the numbers are the polling numbers, and the big polar bear is Jeremy Corbyn. Yep. He's that's definitely as- got a polar bear vibe about him. <laughs> that That's about as far as my knowledge of Lost goes, because I watched like the first two series and then gave up. Well, I watched the first two episodes and then gave up. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. And Halloween month continues next week with Bram Stoker's Dracula. Indeed. Bye-bye. I want to suck your blood. <laughs>